Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now we're going to talk some uh, soccer football uh, with Connor Andrews of Talk Sport. Connor joins us uh, once again. G'day, Connor. Hi, mate. How are you doing? Very well. Um, the last EPL game, it was in March 20, I think. It comes back on Sunday, New Zealand time. What What have you make and, and what do the fans make of the international break? Is it an interruption or is it a rest? How's it, how's it viewed? Um, it depends where you're from, really. I think England are finally starting to join with it now. Now it's um, things actually seem to go our way every time, but... Uh, yeah, it depends a lot where you're from. I think, um, especially now it's the European qualifiers, they seem a little bit not more necessary than the uh, Nations League, which I don't think anyone's really a fan of. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, looking at a few of the teams, um, Spurs, Antonio Conte, he's parting ways after slinging a bit of stuff at the club and the owners. Um, what's What's going on at Spurs? Well, it's the same thing as always, I think. I think that's the tragedy of it. They're just going to keep going around in circles. I've heard a lot of Spurs fans saying, oh, it'll be different next time. We can't keep experimenting with these winning coaches. But, uh, yeah, I think you have to look at the people above that because, um, it's, yeah, it looks like it's just going to keep happening, sadly. Yeah, yeah, such a good um, historical club. What about Arsenal? I run a pub quiz on a Tuesday night down here, um, and whenever an English Premier League question comes up and Arsenal's the answer, the place goes into raptures. They've been waiting a while again. (laughs) Eight points clear. Is it enough? Ten matches left. Yeah, I think it is. I think you look at the Premier League this year, it's maybe only them and Brighton that actually seem to have a system and be able to follow it. I think, yeah, they only seem, seem to be clicking this year. And Man City, I don't know, the Harlem factor is still there, but they just don't look like a team like Arsenal do. I think a few results recently, that 3-2 over Bournemouth and a couple of late wins, I think the mentality's there and it's just a case of plugging away now. Um, Manchester United. Can they can they stay in the top three? It's a pretty impressive season from the manager so far. Yeah, I think so. I think the top four race is a bit of a um, race to the bottom at the moment. There's not <laughs> that much quality there. And yeah, like I was saying with Arsenal, I think it's a lot to do with the manager and the system. And okay, they're not as fluid and as well-defined as Arsenal, but... I think there at least seems to be a bit of motivation that wants to play for the manager. Yeah, yeah. Um, another team that has a lot of fans down in New Zealand is Chelsea, but they haven't been able to get away from 10th. Um, do the London faithful still back Potter? Yeah, which I'm a little bit confused about. I think um, when Nagelsmann became available, that was quite an obvious choice, someone who's so good at developing players who are long Managing a squad, he seems like the perfect guy to get the best out of someone like Mikhailo Mudrick. But Chelsea fans seem to be like, oh no, it's not going to happen. We're okay with Potter. 
<laughs> which seems quite strange when the last game I think was a two-two draw with Everton. So I don't know. Uh, they seem happy with it. They seem like at least Todd Bowley's convinced them he's going to stay. Whether that's the right decision, I don't know. We'll have to wait to see. Do they need to go to the bank and get a loan and buy some more players to, to get back up where I, I'm sure their fans and, and I think uh, football public in general believe Chelsea should be higher than 10th. Do they do they need to go shopping? I think they need a striker, but then that's the history with Chelsea. It never, ever works out. You look at Torres, uh, Falcao, Higuain, the list goes on and on and on. I think, yeah, if they can get someone like Victor Osherman, it could make a difference, but this is well we're going to have to see what happens with Potter I think the belief is this is a project we give him time he'll make it work but I'm not too convinced Mm. and what about Newcastle what a heck of a season for them currently in fifth place but they're only three behind Manchester United can they kick on and get even higher yeah I think they're an interesting one I think the momentum is so much with them I think they're a team where mentality is so important, not so much about the manager. I think the players were sort of on this high that we've got the money, we're going to get to the top. The fact we're ahead of schedule, everyone's getting a bit annoyed and we can prey on that. We can be a bit nasty and upset the odds. Whereas I think now the expectation is on them to finish there. They seem to have dropped off a little bit. So it's, feels kind of inevitable that Liverpool will get there just because at least in the Premier League the last five or ten years the top four has been so well set but mm. Liverpool are so unbalanced I don't know we'll have to wait and see on that one as well I want to leave the Premier League and talk about probably the most written about team outside of the Premier League is Wrexham of course with the Ryan Reynolds uh, Rob McElhinney ownership they're on a bit of a tear. Can you can you give us any backstories about Wrexham and, and how they're going this season? Yeah, well, it's the, the thing I find most fascinating is the fact the league's so close. Notts County are three points behind, which is pretty astonishing when I think Wrexham's only lost two games this season. Mm. Um, yeah, the big thing is someone I interviewed recently, Paul Mullin, their striker, he literally can't stop scoring and seems to have the team this mentality that is a sort of like the Newcastle thing they I think in the league they feel like they've got this target on their back and everyone who goes there wants to beat them but they seem to have overcome that and yeah the, if they can get out of the National League obviously it's huge but it's only one automatic promotion so, um, I think there's a lot of nerves that if something does start to go wrong it's going to be a little bit of a disaster but it does seem like the owners are in it for the long term and the players too, so yeah, I think that mitigates things slightly. And the landscape changes massively if they get out of that league and into League 2 because it comes pretty much fully-fledged professional then. They're going to have to, I don't know, uh, get the moths out of the wallet, which they already have done, I guess. Uh, and you've just said that the indications are they're in for the long haul. Uh, so if they get promoted to League 2, um, that, is, that is a monster story. Yeah, and a lot of people argue, I think you look at their performances in the um, FA Cup this season, nearly beat Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United, I think they beat Coventry as well. And some of the players like Paul Mullen, Paul Mullen and Ollie Palmer, they are almost the League One team. And I think that the handy thing with 
League Two is, yeah, similar with only one team being promoted from the National League, only two teams get relegated. So once you're up there, you have a bit of error and a bit of a chance to test things. And I think it's not only the finances with Reynolds and McElhenney, but it's just a huge club. I think the ticket sales are always going to keep up there and the history. So um, I think once it's done, the celebrations are going to be like that seems like they're also going to be very justified too. The feeling around the town must be incredible in Wrexham and give me a geography lesson, where exactly is Wrexham? So it's North Wales, it's just over the border from Liverpool, so someone like Mullen, he's and it's, yeah, I think uh, Rob McElhenney, he's talked about it in the documentary, it was a big um, he felt a lot of similarities to where he's from, from Philadelphia is it was a little bit un- underdeprived and needed some work done? And um, by all accounts, it's not just the football club they've helped. The food banks are all stocked. The stadium's being improved. There's a new stand being built. And I think if there was anyone they needed to win over, which I'm not sure they did anyway, they certainly have done by now. Talking to Connor Andrews out of the UK, we were talking about sport in general on the show yesterday, Connor, and um, we were asking listeners to let us know which they thought was the best run sport in the world, whether it's a local bowling club has a tournament or right up to the NFL. The Premier League got a lot of got a lot of votes as the best run, easy to understand. Um, long enough season but one of the things that came up was how much other footballers when you've got Champions League Europa League FA Cup all your other competitions do you you feel like sometimes up there as a follower of football there's there's too many competitions because it it almost feels like a 52 weeks of the year the blokes up there are playing oh yeah 100% especially with the international breaks I think I think there's so much saturation now. We're almost at a point where it sounds a little bit extreme, but I almost feel like the best teams are one with the least injuries now because it's such so much about squad and there's so much luck involved with injuries. It doesn't matter how much money you spend. If you lose your best three or four players, that's what happens. And I think you look at a team like Liverpool this season with the workload on some of their players, like, Stefan Bajcetic, who came through, he's gone from never playing senior football before to about 10 games in seven weeks, and now he's out for the season with a muscle injury. I think it's just, it certainly is the best run in terms of the entertainment value, but that's, yeah, I think you're completely right. It's certainly detrimental on the players, and I think it's going to end up being detrimental on the fans too. Mm. Yeah, I hope something can be done to arrest it, but there's just there's just so much money and sponsorship involved, isn't there? Oh, 100%, yeah. I think, yeah, the tragedy is it all kicked off with Roman Abramovich in 2004, and I think that was Pandora's box. We look what happened with Man City and Newcastle now, and what's probably going to happen with Manchester United. It's it's a bit of a beast and um, perhaps the salvation will end up being other leagues like the Bundesliga and leagues that seem to have a bit more control and put the fans first. Maybe there's lessons to be learned there. Well, brilliant, Connor. Enjoyed chatting to you today. Thanks for staying up late for us. I appreciate your time as always. Not at all. Great to speak to you.